p.m. Every Sunday, tons always about the culture. Do out on sculpture, recording every Friday. So here with our way, no need to catch a flight away. Stay tuned for our take. I know, just a little bit of energy, yo, just to keep the uh, the room buzzing a little bit. Nah, we need it. We got to start with that birthday shout out. Shout out to our, our favorite artist, you know, who wrote who wrote the theme song. Shout out to Destiny. It's our big, Happy it's our, birthday. Happy birthday. It's our big birthday today. Big Taurus Energy starting off. Big MJ year, yo. That's what it is, yo. Yeah, man. She out here cooking, man. She got a lot of great music coming up, doing a lot of great things. And, you know, from the After Dinner Conversation podcast, she's our favorite. So definitely wish her, wish her a blessed day uh, for her birthday. Facts. Um, you always think, of, I don't know why, every time somebody's Jordan year, like a million different Jordan rap lyrics flow through my head, and I forget <laughs> all of them at the same time. I think the, the one that first came out my head, though, was like 88 Jordan shooting from the free throw. Yeah. I forgot who said that, though. I don't know. There's been too many. It's hard to keep count. Push a T. I got it. Rap concierge. Um, what's up, bros? How we doing? Doing good. How y'all doing? We got, we got the money team here. We got Corey, and then there's us. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, Corey, Corey's on the bottom tier, and y'all, y'all on the top. That's what you meant. Hey man, we all making it somehow, somewhere. <laughs> trying our best. Trying to get those cryptos popping. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, man. Who would have thought? I never thought in my lifetime. Imagine me five years ago. Yeah, I'll be a crypto investor one day. <laughs> <laughs> would have fooled me a couple years ago, but no, nah, I've been liking it uh, so far. Nah, man, it's it's mad funny because I I. I was watching the frustration of people after they put money in and it doesn't go right away. It's absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, yo, delete that. <laughs> Nothing's really, if you're not looking at it. And then, you know, four or five days come back. All of a sudden, the money's doing well. I texted Corey the other day, like, yo, this, that is up. And everybody's joyful. They're like, oh, we here, we here. What we put our money into next? I'm like, now everybody want to put money into the next thing. People who held their money in there. Joyful. That's true. <laughs> That's people kept their money in there. Who put their money when it was a high and sold it when it was a low and lost money. <laughs> And then blame the crypto after it was told to them that it was volatile and these are not stocks. Yeah, man. It's a crazy world. Also, please, this is not financial advice to This is never financial <laughs> advice. This We're just never financial some, advice. Uh, things we've seen about how people operate in the crypto market right now. Never. Yeah, Steven, Steven, Steven friend's not serious because I don't know what they'd be doing. Steven said, don't open app for four to five days. I delete that for four to five months. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and, then, and then I'll come back and look at it. I, cause, listen, yo, like crypto, I was telling somebody today, it's, it's just like gambling, yo. Like, it, of course. If it just feels like it, you know, you put your money in, especially if you have like um, an app like Uphold or like Robinhood where it shows green when you're doing well and it's red when it's bad, you just you just want that reinforcement of it always being green and the percentage is always going up. Yeah. So it's like you stare at you every time, every, every once, every like few hours, you're going to open an app saying, hmm, what is it now? Because it changes literally from minute to minute, second to second, damn near. Yeah, it's addictive. Everybody want more, everybody wants more money. So, ain't no point of uh, looking at it. Even though I look, I constantly look. But uh, am I taking my money out right now? I'm not. Yeah, but people like us, we know we're insane. So I'm gonna look anyway. <laughs> it's gonna satisfy me. I watch I watch the sense move, uh, just to see how much money I'm making today, as well. But money got a chokehold on all of us. So Facts. that's just on our society. That's a deeper conversation for a different. Podcast I was about to say that's a different podcast, yo. Um, the, the whole money got on us. Yeah, man. That's, that's 
Either way. So, going forward, let's start, let's start our pot off. Let's <laughs> go into our cocktail. Um, so, Stat News, a uh, publication, they posted a new story a few days ago uh, about the medical school rates, I guess demographic of, you know, acceptance of black males and Native Americans specifically. Uh, the headline states, after 40 years, medical schools are, are admitting fewer black males or Native American students. Let me read the excerpt real quick. So while black male medical students accounted for 3.1% of the national medical student body in 1978, in 2019, they accounted for just 2.9%. Without the contribution of historically black medical schools, that would be that number would be just 2.4% uh, as well. The number of Native American students also declined, accounting, accounting for just a fraction of the one of one percent of the nation's roughly twenty-two thousand medical students in twenty nineteen. So one a fraction of the one percent. Fraction of a one percent. I think this case is a good number <laughs> at yeah, that point. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. So less than one percent were Native American students in twenty nineteen. A short two years ago. And how many were black? How many were black? In twenty nineteen, two point nine percent. Black men. Black men. Black men. Black men. Black men. So it's Native Amer- so it's black men specifically and then in, we're talking about Native American students in general. So we're here to talk about, you know. The sour numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, a solemn story. Um, but no, so we just want to discuss really quickly, like, you know, how do you just reflect on it, you know, what that means today, especially like, you know, we, we are all just leaving higher education. Some of us continuing uh, higher education and, you know, how we're all sold on the idea that higher education means, you know, or pro- professional school, whatever, you know, it means like, you know, access to better life, you know, yeah. more money, more everything uh, as well. But you see these longstanding, you know, not only are, are there like we known there was, you know, discrepancies in admissions for professional graduate schools in the workforce in general, but that they're also like still continually to like that gap is still growing mm-hmm. uh, over the past 40 years, longer than the three of us have been alive. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, um, it's still growing to like a, an even lower point right now. Yo, it's crazy because like, I think the perception is is that, you know, when we see more people doing things, like mm-hmm. I think was it about a month ago when everybody was posting, you know, their residency acceptance mm-hmm. and where they were yeah. going. Yeah, that, that, uh, time in medical school season. Yeah, yeah, like all that other stuff. And it's like, okay, you know, of course you're not looking at a number but in your head. It's like, okay, I'm seeing more black folks go mm-hmm. into this. Like this has to mean like, you know, whether slow and uh, like – begrudgingly it's still going up right but it's like you know what like what what does that translate to and i think this always comes down to i guess especially for uh, like black men is just support you know what i'm saying i think there's just a lack of support there's a lack of um a professional development through, throughout the process i mean i think if you think about it from a pipeline perspective like i think people who are even who even have aspirations to pursue like a medical profession you know, don't even know the way to go about it. You know, the ones, you know, I guess who really are, you know, I don't want to say really disciplined, but really know what they're doing, you know, always end up making it through. But some of the people who might need some help along the way kind of get, you know, knocked off the path. And I realized that, you know, this number is a prime example of that because we're in 2019, you know, in theory, you know, there's, you know, more schools, more people are going to school and stuff like that. If the number's going down, that just shows that there's a gap between, People going to school and pursuing a profession versus people who are actually, you know, succeeding in it and like doing it full time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah. How do you feel, Corey? I think in addition to to what Stephen was saying, there also just the concept of delayed gratification is tough, um, especially for folks our age and especially folks uh, younger than us. I think 
everything now. So if you talk to, you know, our parents' generation or just folks a little bit older than us, the ones that, you know, always say they work their way through school, you know, they work three jobs and still went to school at the same time. I don't think they were able to sort of take the vacations and, and travel the world and, you know, take the internship opportunity. A lot of stuff was unpaid. Right. And so now we exist in a world where, you know, people can make good money in a summer internship. Mm-hmm. People can travel to Italy for spring break. Right. And so this immediate gratification almost says, why would I sort of prolong my adolescence, which a lot of people look at medical school as doing. Mm-hmm. You're not essentially starting your life till your late twenties, if you go right after undergrad, you know, uh, a lot of times your early to mid thirties is when you're, you're essentially starting your life, quote unquote, you know, as, look, as we look at traditional adulthood. And so I think there is more people from a younger generation perspective that says, you know, I rather do a different type of medical field degree, whether it's nursing, whether it's, you know, physical therapy, something that's quicker that allows me to at 25, 26, be able to, to live and not have to worry about school. So I think in addition to what Steven said, that concept of delayed gratification is certainly changing. And I can only imagine will continue to change because the era of social media, the era of this instant gratification, immediate transaction for something, right? I, I still talk about it all the time. You know, before Cash App, you had an IOU. Like, Steven, let me, I'm you know, screaming. let me hold something. You know, I'll give you $5 tomorrow. Now, you think you're going to get something without paying right away? Like, you better nice. Zell me, Venmo me, Cash App me, right? We live in this immediate, immediate world. And so I think that's hard for a profession like medicine. So, but shout out to everybody that's in it. One of my boys is in med school right now. Um, shout out to him, man. Shout out to, like, the HBCUs. I think HBCUs in some way, shape, or form, folks are like 70%, like 70% of like doctors are come from HBCUs in some capacity, whether it's for med school, for undergrad, for masters, in some capacity are related to an HBCU. So shout out to those groups. But yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask like a quick follow-up too. So how do y'all, specifically on that uh, sentence and uh, the stat news article that said that um, without the contribution of historically like medical schools um, as well, that number would have dropped by 0.5%. Yeah. Well, and so we give like the real number context. If there were 22,000 students in 2019, um, 2.9% were black men, so that's 638 uh, around there. Actually, did math. yeah, I was doing the math. In that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it was like it was 638. So the black historically black medical schools would have added 111 students to that number, um, as well. So without that, it would have been that 2.4% yeah. of black men, um, as well. So that's just like that gap as well. So do you do y'all think that present day that those historically black colleges and universities and institutions that are, you know that were created specifically to serve uh, black, you know, black students trying to pursue higher education degrees or advanced degrees as well. Do you think that they still have priority or you think that they still have the same weight? You know, how do y'all feel about their role in our society today? I mean, I think it goes without saying their importance. Um, mm-hmm. I think what happens naturally is that we um, are always going to praise individuals who come from the Ivy Leagues and, you know, the Yale, the Harvard's of the world, those are always going to get highlighted. But in reality, especially when you look at from a cultural perspective, you know, the HBCUs, most people attending them are still black. You know, people who are professional or attending them are still black, and they're the ones going out into the mm-hmm. field. And that's not the same at a PWI. It just isn't. You might have, you know, your brilliant individuals who are attending the PWI, but I don't know how many classes that you see or graduate classes that you see in the PWI that are majority black, if not, like, even, like, a strong fraction black, like mm-hmm. 40% or 30 I don't think you see that. 
So it's like when I hear that, I already know it to be true. I think I've heard economists, I've heard scholars say that all the time about HBCUs, like regardless of how they feel about them. And I think they acknowledge that they're still producing black professionals higher than yeah. any other institution there is anywhere in the country. I wouldn't say the world, of course, because, you know, Africa has their own institution in all parts of Africa, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But they're still doing it. Yeah. And so you can't knock them. You can, you can try to argue, like, you know, they're not as prestigious and this, that, and the third. But the people who are doing the work, when they get in the field, they get their work done for the most part. Hey, we're living in the time. The first uh, black vice president went to the HBCU. So, you know, I think it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. What about you, Corey? Um, I mean, I think I echo a lot of what Steven says. And I think, you know, the HBCUs have an additional responsibility, you know, not only to educate, but also to make aware. Right. And I think, you know, we could all sit here and say, I mean, Stephen, maybe more so, you know, from a computer science perspective, but Mike and I, I know from like an educational perspective, it's hard to figure out what you want to do when you don't have this cookie cutter career. Right. I think, you know, if you know you want to be a doctor, there's there's a step. There's a step. If you know you want to be an engineer, there's generally a step. But if you want to work in education or if you want to work with students. Right. So I think. HBCUs also have the ability to make aware and to broaden your perspective to say, oh, you Mm -hmm. wanted to work in the medical field. Why not, you know, med school. Right. And so we have they have that responsibility to to broaden and say, yo, you got a dream, like keep dreaming bigger. And I think that's what, you know, they're responsible for in addition to to simply educating, also to inspiring to say, okay, you can do more than what you thought you could do when you came in the door. And I think so many people that I know that have graduated from HBCUs will echo that same sentiment. So are they relevant? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I agree with both of y'all as well. It's just critical that we find new ways in our, in our generation to get them, make sure they get the support and resources that they need to keep being you know, great. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, switch gears. Yeah. Um, well, switching to the topic, kind of, I guess, a precursor to the topic. If you didn't know already, by the time you're in this episode, you will know DJ Khaled dropped his new album. What's this? His sixth album, maybe? I think so. Maybe his sixth album. He's been dropping albums our whole life. Yeah, so, um, he dropped an album this Friday featuring just about everybody. Uh, her... I think Migos is in there, Meg Thee Stallion, The Baby, mm-hmm. Justin Bieber on two songs, got Drake on a couple of songs, Bryson Tiller, yep. 21 Savage, Nas, Jay-Z, um, a one-word feature from Beyonce. I don't think I'm forgetting nobody. Um, but overall, I mean, so far I've heard really uh, mixed reviews. I know a few people who like it and some people who are not a big fan of it. I know I'm um, a huge fan of Jay-Z. And Nas, and I really like their song. We were just listening to it before the pod. And I guess one of the things, like, one of these uh, think pieces I've heard, I don't know if it was, like, Hip Hop Rx or one of those, you know, uh, hip-hop sites that were talking about, you know, the 20-year history of, like, Jay and Nas, like, from beef to, I guess, companionship almost, like. And it kind of got us thinking about, you know, what does it look like for either A to be friends with somebody and that kind of goes sour and become friends again, or even on the larger scale of, you know, people who are, I guess, enemies versus people you're just not friends with. So I wanted to start the conversation just talking about uh, enemies um, because uh, we know Corey has a lot of them. Uh, Mike has none of them, and I'm somewhere in between. Uh, <laughs> that, that was actually pretty accurate. To you know what I'm honest. saying? That was pretty good, right? That was pretty accurate. Um, so I guess the first question, right? 
bring to the table is, is there really a need to rectify a sullen friendship? I would say no. Like, how do you determine need? Why would you need to do it? Well, well let's, let's give it some perspective, mm-hmm. right? I think people oftentimes forget that even your individual relationship still has effects with other people, right? So I don't want to paint a million different scenarios, but like, let's give one for example, right? Like you married, right? And, you know, somebody, you're, one of your friends, I guess you could say, happens to be um, uh, like some dude that's also really good friends with your girl. Like maybe y'all both met them individually, but y'all really good friends. And y'all go south. But clearly, you know, that's lifetime lifetime friend. He not going nowhere, but y'all not really vibing. Or something happened, y'all wasn't vibing each other. Like, is, it, is there a need to fix that to an extent? Because, you know, you know, beef and, like, hate all that weighs down the soul, they say. So I'm thinking, like, and that's just one example, of course. Mm-hmm. The idea that, like, you know, you know, maybe let, let's say worst-case scenario or even non-worst-case scenario, do you see the need to rectify selling friendships? I think it depends on, like, who, like you said, it's, it is situational, it's conditional. Um, but I think that there's, there's, no matter what the scenario is, there's a right and wrong, someone who did something right, someone who did something wrong. Um, it depends on how you look at it. But it's hard to say that people need to do it because, in my mind, um, things can only get repaired or, like, friendships can only come back together when, when both parties want to do that. Mm-hmm. And if both parties don't want to do that, then it's just not going to happen, you know? Like, yeah. risk, it's just not. Um, and so if you, let's say, if someone if broke apart, whether you were at fault or not and, like, your relationship got sullied, um, you're like, you know what? We were bigger than this. I want some time. You know, we were more than this and to, to like, not be friends over the situation or whatever, uh, or whatever happened as well. And you want to, like, you know, rectify that uh, as well. You know, you're, you know, you have well-meaning intentions. You can definitely go and do that. You can definitely reach out to that person. You can sit down with them, have grab a coffee, have dinner. Um, you know, just do what you can to really, like, just express how you feel, you know, be accountable for your actions, stuff like that. And they still might not want to be friends with you because <laughs> they just don't rock with you anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And that's like, you know, uh, as well. So whether you need to, like, either have those connections to, like, you know, just for your own spiritual, like, you know, uh, I don't say need, but spiritual, some as far as some people's spiritual faith. Like forgiveness, yeah, you know, apologize. Yeah, stuff like that. It's, it's Christians that we know. It's stuff like that. Um, but. You know, but that might that might not be everybody. Um, if you need it, just because it's because morally is there for you, you feel guilty or something like that, then sure, I guess. But like, I think that people should prioritize why you want this relationship repaired as well, and then you know, and do both parties, you know, s- share that value of your friendship as well. Because there's no point in repairing a relationship where you weren't being treated right, or you know, you wasn't being respected, or whichever, mm-hmm. whatever happens, you know, condition. Like we said, million too many scenarios to talk about uh, as well. But you know, if, if, we're, if we're speaking generally, I just, I just, that's my blanket advice. I wouldn't, you know, if you don't feel like that's something that's good for you, first of all, then there's no need to repair it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not be friends with people. It's okay for things to change. It's okay to move on. Thanks. You know, I had my diatribe right there, but I just, I just had to paint it out real quick. All right. <laughs> talk to us, Corey. Um, I mean, I think I would echo uh, what Mike said for the most part. It's not necessary to to go about and always focus on rebuilding the relationship. I think, but I think being cordial is important, mm-hmm. right? I'm very much a person, whether we got beef or not, if I see you, I'm going to say, what's up, right? I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to go out my way. But if we walking by and there's other people around, I'm not going to go make the situation awkward, right? I'm going to go, yo, what's good? I'm going to, you know, 
if I'm dapping everybody up and it's a group of six people, there's one dude I don't like. I'm not gonna not dap the dude up. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I, nah, you know, he get a head nod, bro. <laughs> I feel. Or, but 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 if he's gonna get a head nod, then I'm gonna head nod everybody, right? Uh, I'm not gonna like bring out the yeah, situation. The static, yeah. Exactly, and make it make it worse than it has to be. Um, especially at the age I am now, right? Maybe if I was in high school, I'd be like, I ain't dapping that dude up, right, or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Definitely. Yeah. But I, I think you know the environments that we exist in now, right? You know, you have to be cordial. You don't want people to be like, Yo, why Corey dap everybody else up and, and not dap? Oh, yeah, that's you the know? first thing they're gonna do, though. That's, that's that's the first thing, and you know, so especially for black men, you know, as you exist in larger arenas. So you, I go up and there's one black man standing in, standing in his group. And that's the dude I don't, I don't like. But I, I got to dap him up because I refuse to have everybody looking at me. And that's the only other black dude in the room or in the meeting. Yeah. And that's the one I'm not dapping. No, no, no. For today, we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> today, oh. we homies, right? <laughs> but I think we always have to think about that image. Um, and so for me... I'm not always looking to repair, but I am looking to to be cordial in all respects. Um, for me, I have a lot of acquaintances. I have a ton of acquaintances, um, people that I know from from here or from there. I have, you know, a smaller, a much smaller group of friends, a lot of whom have who have been there for years mm-hmm. and a lot of whom who I have different connections with right so if for whatever reason you know say me and mike had beef for whatever for whatever reason aquarius this this is this is bigger than you know me and mike at this point right because we've created this platform the three of us so steven might have to do an intervention right and we work it out but i think a lot of friendships are like that in terms of it's not just this one person right there's this collective group in some way shape or form that i think will help bring both parties to the table like mike was saying but be cordial for one don't always look to repair but also recognize that it's typically bigger than simply you and that one person Steven gonna have to do a, a spinoff pod <laughs> Steven's corner or something Steven's <laughs> corner <laughs> not nah, Steven's bar that's what I'm gonna call it yeah. um, you know, no. you know, I think something that we I feel like we should head on to I think what most people feel um, when they're like friends, they have like friendship breakups and stuff like that. I think that people automatically assume that if you're not friends, then you're enemies. Yes, and, and I was going to get to that. Okay, okay, okay. That's the nitty gritty. That's a you know the meeting um, conversation because that's where that's where like what me and Corey are talking about is coming in. Because me, I feel like me and Corey are coming from the perspective like, yeah, we're not friends, but I'm not hating you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I don't have a we're problem gonna get with right, you. We're going to exactly. get right to that. I'm glad we're on the same type of th- time. Oh, oh, so listen, so. To Corey's point, I agree with the cordiality mm-hmm. thing. It tur- like I, I, don't, I think there's very few people that I actually like hate. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's definitely folks that like you know we can be in a group of three, and my my I'm, on on principle I'm just not gonna say nothing to you, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Because I know you. If I'm not gonna say nothing to you, I know you're not gonna say nothing to me. You know, it's usually like a like you know, um, yo, what's that line from um three three twenty seven? Joey Badass. He said. If it's fuck me, knowing the feelings mutual, like yeah. that's that's the vibe. So like you know, there's no confusion that we don't like each other because you're not saying what's up and I'm leaving you hanging. I'm not saying what's up, you're not leaving you hanging. It's just cool like that. But I do believe in being cordial into that. Like you know, we might have you know a little static or we not really vibing each other, but you know, simple nod. And I've done this before with dudes where I'm like, you you move kind of funny, but we're not here to be BFFs. We literally we just it's a little not like a meet and greet per se, but like I'm strolling on by, you with all these dudes I know. Cool. What's up? Simple dap, no dap. But sometimes it's really just a it's a nod. Like when it's like ah, you little uh, 
Nah, nah down. It's like, we don't got to be cool, but, you know, we're not going to create no nothing in the air right here. But I think to the point of rectifying selling friendships, I don't see the need for it, but I I echo the same sentiments as Mike when it comes to maybe like a religious perspective. I don't, I don't think I have that necessarily, but I do think I understand that some people have a tough time like not wrapping, like letting go of the things that are wrapped in their head, especially when it's around a particular person or situation. Like if it's constantly, constantly a subject matter, then I think that tells me that there's something in there deeper. And not to say you can never talk about it again, because we all going to ha-ha, kiki, or run like, man, that person, whatever. But I think if there's like a constant revolving door where that person's always coming up, I'm like, there's something that might need to be rectified in your mind because you can't let that go. But that doesn't always happen. you got to be able to push through it. So I don't think there's a need to always rectify, but I think in some cases, rectifying might not just might not be uh, becoming friends again. It might just actually just land down that there's no beef. You know, that might just be your rectification. Like, yo, there's no beef, but we're just not for each other. And to me, that's a rectification right there because mm-hmm. now you've settled whatever existed. Um, so that's my thought on that. But I want to go into what Mike was saying about – uh, friend and enemies, right? Because I think oftentimes it's if you're not with me, you're against me. So I guess what's an enemy versus somebody who's just not your friend? Like what, what's that definition first and then break down, you know, can somebody, like do people often go become the latter, become, become the former, become an enemy, or do they just stay on that, that first basis? Like we not vibing. Nah, I think that you have to become, to me, if someone's your enemy or your op, whatever, you like, nah. uh, that's, as someone who like even if they're like people can like all right so people are free not to like you. that's cool I mean yeah, people probably have, like everyone in the world has probably not been liked by somebody at some point mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they killed they killed Caesar right <laughs> exactly um, but at the same time like I I just think that uh, hold on Steve can you pause it real quick yeah all right. So, yeah, and so I think that when, like, uh, someone really becomes an enemy or ob, like I was saying earlier, it's when they have that dislikeness or that animosity towards you, and then they actively, like, take action and bring that into real life. <laughs> so that's posting about you on social media. That's, you know, telling people your, your secrets or your business. You know, it's, like you said, if you're seeing them in, in person, that's them giving you the looks, uh, mm-hmm. the nod, you know, calling you whichever out of your name, doing this on the third, spreading, telling people you just did whatever, um, and, like, really bringing that hate to life and, like, trying to affect, like, who you are, like, how you feel, who you are, how you live. Kind of like, it's not really bullying because, like, it may be, hey, it might be mutual. The hate might be mutual, so you might be doing it to each other at the same time. But I think that's the difference between, because I cannot like Steven, and I just never talked to Steven ever again in my life. Nice. <laughs> but I cannot like Steven, too, and then I could go subtweet about him. I cannot like him <laughs> and try to find him when I see him in the bar or something like that. You that's know? wild. You know, but yeah, but that's that's the enemy right there. That's someone who's going to pull up on you and try to like, ruin your energy. life because they don't like you, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, or some form or fashion, or try to just take something away from you because they just have this like negative energy towards you. But that's just how I would define it personally. So even like someone, it's okay not to like me. You don't have to like me. It's fine as well. But I'm not going to like, for me, I'm not going to reciprocate hate because I don't believe in holding grudges. It's negative energy. It's empty. What are you just being mad at people? Mm-hmm. You know what, where I learned that? Sorry. I learned that from watching like racist and homophobes. I'm like, you're really sitting in your head all day mad at people you never met before in your life. It's insane. It's they're, it's sick, bro. Like, there's no way you can be racist and just sit here like, yeah, I just hate all I hate all black people. Yeah. You probably never seen a black person. Last time like, you talked to a black person, <laughs> like, you just hating them. They just ruin your life. They're 
really the bane of society. Yeah. Uh, but it just didn't make sense. I'm like, how are you sitting, like, creating all that hate in your head all day, every day? That's sick. That's literally sick. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't make sense. Either way. So even when it comes on the friend level, like, don't do that either. Because it just, it just doesn't. For me, I'm like, I don't know why I would sit here and just conjure up so much negative energy about something. If, you know, if, if, even if they slighted me, they did a fault. Like, you know, it's like you said, it's between you and how you approach those issues and, like, that forgiveness or some people choose not to forgive. I will, you know... Bias, I'm Christian. I would advocate against. I would advocate against that mm-hmm. uh, as well. But uh, I just think that you know, putting it forth though, like you know, when they become the enemies, when they take the action. So it depends on what the level that goes. Because I do believe in people like taking that stand, you know. Yeah. And so, like, someone doing something against me, I would, you know, I'm, you're for more than welcome to defend yourself and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. you don't say anything, but you know, at the same time, you know. I wish I had that Waterbury um, soundbite. Like, you, you, you come around get, this <laughs> way, you will get clapped. Exactly. Add that to the soundbar. Exactly. You know, we should add that. Yeah. Uh, Two or three legends. Um, yeah, I'm ending right there. Then. Yeah, okay. Go ahead, Corey. I don't know nothing about this topic. Let me stop. <laughs> it's um, been creating mad enemies <laughs> the last two weeks. You got social media in a frenzy. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, I don't look too too big at the whole the whole enemy thing, um, unless it unless it's coming, you know, physically, you know, to unless it's causing physical harm, right? I don't look too much at the, the sub tweets. I don't look too much at the direct tweets. I don't <laughs> look, you know, too much at, you know, the hearsay or, or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. Um, you know, I was talking about a quote the other day, um, you know, to avoid criticism, do nothing, be nothing, say nothing. Right. And mm. so there's, there's always going to be moments, or at least, you know, for me wanting to leave an impact on this world where I'm going to do something that goes against the grain, where I'm going to say something that goes against the norm, where I'm going to be something that might be out of the box or against the status quo. And so there's going to be people that dislike that. And there's going to be people that respond to that dislike. And so, yes, you know, uh, based on Mike's definition, which I think is, is completely true, I would, I would probably categorize those folks as enemies. But if there's no direct physical harm, then, you know, I'm just going to let the let the enemies exist. Right. I'm going to keep doing what I was doing, saying what I was saying, being what I was being. And Mm -hmm. and that's really that's really all we all we can do, because I think, you know, now we exist in this global, you know, connected world where there's always going to be somebody that validates you. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong, but there's always going to be an opposing opinion. And so, you know. Pete, you can classify that opposing opinion as the op opinion, you know, the enemy opinion, mm-hmm. or you could classify it as different. And I choose a lot of times to classify those things as different, not allowing myself to say, yo, I, I hate that opinion. No, the opinion's different. Yo, my experience compared to theirs is completely different, mm. right? I, I can't go over to another country and be like, yo, I don't like nothing they do over here. I didn't live this, right? I'm a visitor. Mm-hmm. I'm a guest. I'm an outsider. And, and I choose to take that that perspective. I think a lot of people, when something is different, they choose to look at it as negative. And I think that's where that enemy, you know, combatant develops. It's different. It's different. Interesting. How do you feel about this, Steve? It's, it's interesting to me because I think, for me, I can, I can, like, I feel like I can, like, remove my attached people relatively well. So we're not friends no more. It's like, it's whatever to me. Like... I, I always see it as one of the things, like, you know, if it was bound to happen, it's going to happen. Um, and that's that's it. But I think, um, and this happens less often than not, but, you know, 
because our relationship with friends are still relative to the people around, it doesn't just affect like me and that person. Mm-hmm. So if like we, let's say we was a squad of like six instead of the three of us on the pod right here and me and whatever dude has a fallout, like granted, like everybody else is still friends with each other and they're all still friends with us, but we're not friends. Mm-hmm. So that dynamic changes because it's not ha ha kiki the same way. Mm-hmm. Cause your friendships are part of like a larger social network. Exactly. And then, so it always gets to the point at some point, like, damn, you know, are we going here? Do we really want to invite both of them? Because they're just going to ruin the vibe. So we got to pick one. You know what I'm saying? Cause it, I feel <laughs> like, invite both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for yeah. dudes, dudes don't care as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think dudes are still conscious of like, like they'll, they'll be like, if they're both, to, if, they're, if they're both here and they both can't have a good time without not being friends, then, like, at some point, it's going to be like, all right, one of y'all, not like one of y'all got to go, but, like, it's going to be a pick and choose, like, yo, who we heading up type of thing. Because people like to pretend they can just exist. And, oh, I don't care if they come in. And then they get there, and they're sitting there, crossed arm, hands in their chest. And, like, we let's say we had a kickback. They barely laughing. They're just, I'm cooling. <laughs> no, you're not cooling. You're upset that homeboy is here. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of puts people in that that type of like vault where they have to choose i always thought that was stupid but i also realized that could be a reality in some cases so i have no problem with that i think the only thing that it comes down to is that if we have whatever disagreement we have just let it be that like of course we're going to vent to people Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about the situation that's never it but once it gets past that point where it's like you know source a b and c uh covert op d over here is telling me yeah They've been talking about this, that, and the third, and everything else, and it's like, you know, what's the point of that, right? Because uh, when 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 I have a follow anybody, I it's cool. I just never, I never want to hear my name slipping anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like never. Like if I hear it, you know, I might get. I'm probably gonna get passes because my first instinct isn't to go to run and go into a, a a shower match with somebody. But it's like, you know, you you say you were done, I say we were done, and we're done. So you know, what's the issue at that point? Because if you're still talking about it, in some cases, there's still something, like, you're upset about that you can't get off your chest. And there's ample opportunity for you to get yourself off your chest, in my opinion. So uh, it could just be friends, not to enemies. But I think more often than not, or less often than not, if you have situations where people are in groups and uh, the beef, quote-unquote, or the lack of friendship could just kind of manifest and create tension, then it becomes enemies. But I think enemies itself, right, enemies by itself, really only happens when somebody's been, like, wrong. They feel like they've been egregiously wrong. Like, and it has to be something, like, you you really just be, like, tight at. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, somebody could do something that makes me mad in the moment, and if I reflect on it or a few days pass and I get over it, I don't really think that's my enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like somebody's my enemy. Like, I know you. Like, when I see you, like, it's, it's like, you, you you're – it's done. Like <laughs> I don't want to see you. Like it's not no sweet. There's no nod. Like Corey said, there's not even a dab. There's like a stare. There's like you're here. Like what's up? You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's it. But that's why I'm saying like there's not a lot of people I'm really enemies with because to get to that point is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of energy on my end from you to come into a space and I I silence everything. I'm I'm all eyes on you because I I don't even trust you. I don't even trust. You. I have to watch you because I don't know where you move. Why are you standing next to me? Why are you behind me? Nah, stand right over there so I can see you. Like that's that's the enemy to me. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it's it's okay not to like me. You can hate me, but just like don't get in my way. <laughs> no, 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 that's no. facts. And if you get in my way, you get trampled. Yeah, facts. That's that becomes a different <laughs> conversation. No, so and I, I wanted to. Or ask, they try to, Sometimes they try to make threats. They try to do like all types of wild stuff. 
So it can definitely get to more serious than two. No, for sure. Depending on like you know that situation. Well, well, when people realize you and somebody else are not lo- no longer friends, but somebody will always want to figure out who the wrong party is, right? So it's always, yo, you didn't even see what they said. I got the receipts. You know, I, I got I got the text messages. Like it's always like you know you pulling out all your cards, like you know ready to say like yo, I can make you look like the worst person ever. Just you know wait on it, and that's never bothered me because you know. Uh, what's that? What's that? I don't know why I keep referring to bars today. I think I've just been listening to way too much rap recently. But um, when Jay Z quotes um the Dark Knight, die be a hero, live long enough, see self confident. I'm like, somebody gonna have me hate, end up hating me anyway. So no, pull up all your cards. Let's let's sit down and have a conversation with all your cards and let's see what that does to the entire situation. Because when tomorrow, when everybody forgets about it, what does that mean? Nothing. It won't be tomorrow. <laughs> hypothetically, it's like metaphorically, people. Mm-hmm. Digest something quick and then forget about it. And we'll talk about it a different day when it comes to sp- celebrities because a lot of people, I see a lot of people just, you know, certain celebrities, you know, they back in the fold. Like, they never left. For real. But, I Steven, you see, Steven, you seem pretty passionate about this. I, I want right? to say I'm pretty yeah, passionate, man. but I You're think... You're giving a lecture on it, man. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I want to even say pretty passionate. I'll say I have a specific viewpoint that I like to stick to. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think... Specifically, when it comes to this topic, I think it gets warped into this idea like it's like I want all the smoke. I, I'm, you know, you beef with me is over. It's never really like that. It's always phase one, like we just not cool, mm-hmm. and then phase two is always like, why are you talking? And then three is somebody like enacted like something towards me, action, whether it be like you keep talking, like let me don't let me say this, and I'm like, oh, say it. <laughs> like you know, at that, at that point, it's one of those things where like I. I don't really, like, you know those chihuahuas that they be, be barking at you, but they, they always at, like, three feet distance, and they keep yeah. barking mad. Like, I hate those dogs. I really do. It's like, you better come bite me. <laughs> like, are you going to get, because I can't kick you because you're already too far, and when I start running towards you, you're going to run away. But it's like, you you might as well get it going and get it over with for me. Um, and not to say I'm inviting anybody to do all that to me because I'm not. I really wouldn't. I don't really, like, want it or look for it that's mad extra energy in my opinion but it's like i don't like threats i think that's the number one thing i really don't like threats they bother me in any capacity you so i'll be turning to franklin man franklin yeah, yeah, yeah i'm fr- <laughs> no literally that's how it feels like why are you threatening me and then that, they, from that then the, then maybe comes the, the masculinity thing like who has power over me nobody so <laughs> use your threat at that point uh yeah Corey's cheesing Corey's cheesing that's how i know Corey love loves enemies and smoke bro because <laughs> I don't love the love the smoke. I just like posing questions that challenge people's opinions, man. That's it. Yo, but again, you know, <laughs> some people say that's like me. one of the key things in debate is when you get emotional, you already lost. Facts. Steven, no. So like none that's of true. this stuff phases me because mm. it's already it's just I literally just put it in the win category and keep moving. He said the <laughs> he said that's a W to me. Oh, I need, oh, yo, I'm gonna ask somebody somebody when school's over, bro. <laughs> Oh, but, yeah. I, but I got a I got a random question. It's all topic. Steven Steven mentioned it um before. He was like, I give the head nod, the, the head nod down. Mm-hmm. So I got a question because I've always wondered, is the up head nod and the down head nod different? And what are their differences? To me it is a little bit. I think a nod up is a is a happier nod, bro. Like if I'm in a if I'm in a place where I haven't seen you do a lot, I'm like, yo, like I'm really like bumping, nodding up. When I nod down, I feel like it's either A, I don't really know the person, B, I'm not looking to, like, greet or talk to the person. I'm just trying to, like, quietly acknowledge them. Or we, like, in an environment where it's, like, um, let's say, like, you know, back when we used to go to, like, parties and stuff, like, when we was in college, uh, like, we'll go to a party and then there's, like, 
20 dudes on the wall and you only know mans, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're realistically, it's hot. It's kind of packed. I'm not going down and greeting every dude. I don't really know you. Not to say I don't like you, but I don't know if I do like you. I just see you there. I'm not associated with you. So it's kind of like, it's like nod down, like, what's up, everybody down the line. So it's like, it's a, like, a, I want to say it's a respectful way. It's like a pseudo respectful saying like, yo, I see you over there, brother. Like, I'm not going to come over you because I don't really know you like that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, some dudes don't want to be dapped up. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You, there's a lot of dudes sometimes who just want to be chilling there. Like, it's not, the, they're not moving the same way where like they're trying to agree every nigga there. So it's like, when I nod, I know at the very least my nod gets if I don't know you and I don't know if you want to be greeted, it gets a good reception. So it's not. But also, if I don't really like you and I know I don't really want to dap you up so you're not confused that I don't really like you, the nod down works as well. Yeah, because, you know, some some people like you, but you they don't know that you're not really rocking with them. There's confusion. So mm. like, if you come over there and dap them up and then give them the hug and shake and then the snap, it's like they think y'all really boys and y'all not y'all mm-hmm. barely associates. So we got to slow down for a second and you can get the nod. Your man's who's like that with me could get the snap, dap, snap, ha, 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 little uh, dumb with it. And then we laugh at Kiki. But you, you'll get the calm dap, you know, or the nod. And, you know, understand that there's a difference in the level of relationships so mm-hmm. you're not confused. I like to establish how – how close we are. Because the same thing with, like, women. There's some women who get the overhug, some will get the underhug, and some get the wave. Mm-hmm. And if I first <laughs> met you, <laughs> yeah, that's facts. And sometimes if I first met you, you probably get the handshake until I figure out, figure out if I'm comfortable with you and if you're comfortable with me, more importantly. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, I like to establish what the the, um, the dynamic what's the, what's is. The, hold on, hold on. What's the, what's the overhug, underhug? Um... So you hear the whole uh, tier system? <laughs> In fact, that's what I'm trying to figure out. He probably trying to have him break it down real quick. Now the overhug, uh, it don't matter. So the overhug can happen sometimes when um, I don't know, depending on how tall you are. Sometimes it's a height thing, or mm-hmm. sometimes like if I know, like we're cool, you get like the eh, over. You know what I'm saying? It's like the it's like his half pat on the back versus like an embrace. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you go like the half over under, that's like cool. But if I like if I like hug you over the top, unless you're really short, it's just kind of like, oh hey, what's up? Under is like just at least I'm we're, we're cool, I'm comfortable with you. Like our our body, I don't mind our buddy our bodies touching. You know what I'm saying? That's what it really is. I don't know what it is for everybody else though, so I'm only speaking <laughs> for myself. There there's not no hidden secret for the under hug. It's just like if we we really cool and comfortable with each other, you'll probably get an under hug. Appreciate you. No problem. <laughs> But, like, aunties, the aunties we're not cool with, they definitely get the half over hug sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, hi, auntie. Like, you're not really my auntie. You're my mom's friend from church, but okay. Sorry, let me stop. I love my mom's friends from church. I'm sleep. Shout out to the aunties from church. They, they, they're the ones who hold it down at the graduation party with the gifts. For real. Word. So, do we have a question today? I think that was a really good topic. That yeah, was a dope topic. That was topic. calm. Um, in terms of questions for today, uh, I guess, you know, kind of fits in with our theme. Uh, somebody asked us what we think about the crabs in a barrel mentality. Um, I guess it's, let's, you know, let's try to apply this to friendships, right? Is there a crab in a barrel mentality when it comes to friendships or even how you view, uh, you and your friends operating on the, on a, on a level. So in this case, you know, let's, we're all three, we're all friends. Um, Wait, let me uh I think there there certainly can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm here now. Yeah, I froze. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you froze. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I was just saying. Oh no, yeah, I see. Um, and I just want to say, uh, I just want to explain what that what that mentality was, or uh, what that phrase meant, uh, really quickly. Crabs and crabs in the barrel mentality. Uh, I'm just reading it off Wikipedia because it's whatever. It's the same thing uh, as well. But it's known as uh, the crabs in the barrel mentality is a way of thinking best described by the phrase by the phrase. If I can't have it, neither can you. Uh, the metaphor is derived from a pattern of behavior noted by crabs when they're trapped in the bucket and you try to take one out and it pulls you back down uh, to at the same time. So that's what we're talking about. But Corey, you can go uh, back ahead because I know you froze for a second. Yeah, no, um, no, I was just saying I, it certainly can be. I think especially now as, you know, more people take on business ventures and LLC Twitter done took over. Um, Rock Nation Brunch Twitter. Thanks. I think there there can certainly be this envy there can certainly be this aura of competition which in many cases can be healthy right you know i love hearing about stuff that certain people is doing I'm like yo maybe i should get better maybe i should get back in the lab you know maybe i should you know keep working but it can also be harmful where it says you know how many of us can really make it because i think the hard part about business is it's hard to really judge success unless you have you know a couple years in the game um, and I think, you know, short-term success is good, but I think it's hard to judge that unless you do it long-term and that can be tough. Um, I think a lot more people are creating businesses. A lot of those industries, I don't know if y'all seen it, but I think a lot of industries are quite similar, um, in terms of the business ventures that are being started. And again, that's no shade. That's no cap. I think everybody should, should go out and hustle, but I think sometimes you might have to collab and what does collab mean? You know, whose name is on it versus, you know, who's, um, just working as a partner, right? All these things, these things matter. But I think again, the goal should be community success um, over individual success. But I think that mentality is hard, you know, based on history, based on, you know, some of the things that we've experienced as, as black people in this country and in this world. So I think that the, the community building mindset is hard. And I think crabs in a barrel, crabs in a bucket, depending on how, you know, you say it is, has happened i think it's i think i see it happening less just because of the ability to collaborate more but i think again it's hard to to say because a lot of stuff you know we're just getting to the point where you know we starting to buy cars we're starting to buy houses where jealousy can really matter Mm. yes you could be mad that somebody got some you know new air force ones in high school and you want to you want to take their paper route or whatever but now is the time where real life starts and comparison matter. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the next couple years looks like for our friend group and people that we know. But I would urge people again, you know, no matter whose name is on it, you know, building the community, you know, building for your neighborhood should be should be most important. Yeah. Speaking of bars, it reminds me of the uh, Jay-Z bar again uh, for Watch the Throne. You say if, if you put crabs in the bucket to ensure your survival, you're going to end up pulling down people who look just like you. Look at the hose lines. I know, uh, and like I just like as a like a, a hood boy, like I just I can only like I heard this question. I can only think about just like impoverished, like you know, black neighborhoods, and how they use that same phrase. And similarly, no, the other thing that came in my head too is when um, rappers when they come up, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like you know, becoming like a rapper 
or even become like a sports athlete for like you know for poor black children that's like a rate of like social mobility that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. i mean like in a few years they'll go from like being a soundcloud rapper to being a multi having a million dollar like commercial contract you know uh when like you know to to rap or do whatever or be on stage and like that's like and that's like from like almost no wealth to a lot of wealth and yeah. within, and being very young having all that wealth too in their 20s and like 30s and stuff at the same time so and then speaking of rappers and stuff like that i always think about how sometimes they will go back home too and then end up either getting shot at or some type of you know abuse rob whatever you name mm-hmm. it uh, as well we've seen that more i think the biggest evidence of that uh, most recently he wasn't at home he was living in la but pop smoke as well you know yeah, like, visit, yeah. yeah exactly 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 i think yeah and uh you know he was 20 years old recently famous very widely you know hit songs out and everything you know mm-hmm. very it's Talk about you know media markets. He in the New York media market, so he was here. Right. Um, and then you know he got shot by presumably um, robbed by someone who had his address and stuff like that. Or you see little Snoop when he went back home, and he got shot when he was like playing two K in mm-hmm. the hood uh, where he was from and stuff like that. Always happened. So I mean, I think that sometimes like in different communities, uh, it's just about that that value of wanting to see everyone succeed. To Corey's point about collaborating yeah. um, and like being able to sit one to be like you know. There, there's a way to have this rising tide where we can all make it too. That, but that requires all of us to like you know really put in and want something different. And also, we have to remove envy, 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 envy. Um, coming out from like seeing other people succeed, mm-hmm. um, and the arc success not coming in this in the same moment that someone else's success comes or manifests. You know, if they like for instance, if Corey goes out and get nice job or you know a bonus or whatever something like that and I'm like dang job. Yeah, I'm, I'm, man. and I'm like dang I've been working more than Corey and I get my job and give me no bonus I, and now I'm mad at Corey now, now I hate Corey every time he, he got his uh, his car coming around <laughs> you know he got a new student on or something like that you know I, I like you build up the animosity towards them because you're just you want what they have uh, as well and like you know I think that we should be wanting everyone to have you know the same type of success too at the same time so that that's it's a real mentality in my opinion and I think that's something that you have to be you have to like proactively create a culture against it mm-hmm. as well, and I don't think that we've had enough. T- we have the best opportunity to establish that long term. Um, if I'm speaking from like a black community pers- perspective, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, I mean, oh, Stephen, let me just drop it, jump in real quick. Mm-hmm. I forgot ahead, to say this too. Mm-hmm. Um, success is so subjective, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. I've already accepted that my level of quote unquote success is very average. And that's, and I would be content and I guarantee you people around me, people that I might work with, my girl might be like, you don't want no more. Um, no, I just want to, um, my tomatoes to grow in the backyard and my, and my cabbages to come, you know, when it's time, when it's time to cook, mm-hmm. right. That if, if I'm good with what I have, I think that's perfectly fine. But I think now we looked at success as one thing, right. Being able to travel when you want not having to work a nine to five. Some people like the structure, like being able to wake up and know, you know, at five o'clock I get off and, you know, I could go pick up my son or my daughter from daycare. Some people like, you know, traveling to Florida, you know, because it's warm and, you know, it's in the States and you don't need a passport, right? Some people like this. And I think we've said, no, success looks like one thing. I think that only adds to crabs in a, in a barrel mm-hmm. because it looks like there's only one way out of the bucket. No, there's some holes on the side, right? No, there ain't even really no bucket there. So like, you know, that I think we have to get out of the mindset because if we're all trying to escape through a same little tiny hole of what success looks like, then we might not all get out. Yeah. But if we realize that the whole top is off and every side that you go might be a different level of success, but you're out of the bucket, 
then then it looks a lot different. No, that's good. I don't have much to add, to be honest. I was just going to say, you know, I just see off when it comes down to money. Uh, me and Mike have talked about this in the past. Um, like, people like hoarding, like, you know, opportunities or scholarships or, like, you know, yeah. oh, what stocks they invested in at the right time or crypto is kind of like people get in. And then mm-hmm. when it happens, it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know. They're, they're like, the first one to flex. Hiring, yeah, keeping yeah. opportunities for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's just what, what fuels it because nobody wants to be like everybody else, you know. For, I guess, good and bad reasons. So, it's like, it exists, it happens. To me, most of the time it has to do with money or, like Corey said, success. And so, we just got to, you know, define it for ourselves and not make that the sole image. But, no, that was good. That might have to be a topic one day, too. For real? Bring in some, um, some dudes who are at the top and tell them, did you help nobody? <laughs> no. My questions. Uh, let's swing this over to plug a plug. Uh, business organizations, person, books. Yep. So this week we are doing an app called now for app creators. I apologize if I butchered this. <laughs> I think it's called My Raya or My Raya. I'm going to spell it out as M-I-I-R-I-Y-A. Um, to give you the description, it's pretty much you're able to shop all black owned businesses in one place in this app. Uh, the word, the type, the name of the app is a word from the African language, uh, Bambara Sestiola. That's team that I butchered at. D I O U L A. D I O D I O L A. Yeah. D I O L A. I think. I yeah. think D I O L A. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I gotta get better at my pronunciations. I apologize. Uh, the words. The word means thoughts and ideas, and it can be used in many ways. In specific cases, you can use it with other words to mean philosophers or thinkers. But shop all your black-owned businesses in one app. It's a really clean app. Um, I compared it to uh, Etsy. I think it's like all like small like. Like people being able to create their own shops and sell their their either things from books to candles to makeup to hair, um, shoes, hoodies. I've uh, seen it all: food, snacks, decor, uh, adult themed things, baked goods, education, florists. <laughs> so you name it, it's all on here. It's, they have they have everything in one place. Um, I think it's a really good app, mental health, um, as well. And uh, yeah, so I, I encourage people to check it out. Okay. And check our description because I will have it properly spelled there. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, before we get into Pastor Aux, Corey, let them know where they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what they need to do for us. You ain't even have to tell me. I was ready. Um, so, again, before we get into that, Pastor Aux, make sure you follow us on Instagram, at ADConvos. Again, on Instagram, at ADConvos, to stay up to date with content, with polls, with questions. Um, a lot more stuff is coming there. A lot of stuff has come there, and you you might have missed out. So make sure you go follow us on Instagram at AD Convos. Like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you are listening to this um, amazing podcast. One person hit me the other day, matter of fact, and they're like, "Yo, I keep hearing you say, you know, uh, uh, leave a review, but I'll be listening while I'm driving. Well, when you get home, before you, you know, put put up your coat." Make sure you go leave that comment. Um, it definitely helps us grow. Um, it helps other people that find the podcast uh, want to tune in. So make sure you go leave that comment. Um, and then let us know, you know, what y'all want to see. I asked about a call-in episode. I definitely want to hear from y'all. I know people got a lot to say. Um, so definitely let us know what you want to do. Engage with us, again, on Instagram at AD Combos. But for now, everybody's favorite segment, Pass the Ox. <laughs> All right. 
I go, I first. go first. No, I, I oh, go. you got it? Yeah, yeah, because mine, mine's a little different. He's more of a new t- new guy as well. His song came up on um, like one of my playlists that they recommend songs for. It's like a chill playlist mm. as well. I was like, you know, I kind of it's it's a catchy song, and I really rock with it too as well. Uh, his take came out this year. Uh, so this song is titled Doctors. Uh, it's by Shorty Shorty and Murder Beats. Doctors. If I go today, I want a nigga die, go find them. They was swinging band with them, trying to sing like opera. Get the first pick, I'ma be the man on my roster. Like fuck the opposition. And I brought a new gun, gangsta owing it all. Do some shit and nobody knows. Go some places where nobody goes. Look at couples, they giving me goals. Taking pictures, we throwing them foes. Father argue, you throwing them clothes. It's the ones you say I got hoes. But I'm in the streets. I'm selling drugs, ain't giving no love. I'm thinking that you wanna leave. You saying you good, but when I come back, you wanna think you wanna beef. I saw Murder Beats today. That's why I saw I like Murder Beats. Before you say you're going to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Um, Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Um, (laughs) This song is by Justin Bieber. Um, Again, you a a Bieber? That's what they call him? I don't don't know what that is. Bieber. The song was was valid because it got my guy Giveon on it. Um, And then Daniel Daniel Caesar is on it as well. Um, Mm -hmm. The song is called Peaches. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh yeah, shit. I get my weed from California. That's that shit. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. Badass bitch. I get my light right from the source, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I see you. Oh, oh. The way I breathe you in. Hey. It's the texture of your skin. Oh. I wanna wrap my arms around you, baby. Never let you go. Oh. Hate to leave a college torture. 
Oh yeah, a little a little summer vibe um by Justin Bieber featuring Giveon and featuring Daniel Caesar. Make sure y'all check that out, man. The song is called Peaches. This, this making it into your playlist? Um it it might. This might be like the first song. Um, you know, when you just get in the car, you know, mm. you just wait for the car to uh, get warm and you just rolling the windows down for the first time. But it's definitely a little summer vibe. It's getting warmer outside, so I like it. No, that's cool. Um Yes, I'll go next. Um, I almost came here and played uh, the Jay-Z Nas song, where I was like, nah, that's cheating. <laughs> so um, I found a different song that still has Nas on it, though. Uh, and I have a bunch of, bunch of songs by this uh, producer that one day I'm going to play. Not all of them, just a few of them. Uh, this is Static Selector, Keep It Moving, featuring Nas and Joey Badass. I just can't get over losing you. Static Selector. So right. Yeah, check it out. Now I won't turn the other cheek, but walk away anytime it's beef. If it's dead, it'll be your last shuffle. I guarantee I took a 40 course of casualties. I'm already, I studied 33 strategies, so write the bullet. It's two, two, threes through your cavities that exit out the back of your mullet. Should have happened to pull this trigger. So how you figure, nigga? I read the evidence and watch my sins off in the same river. Possessed by Marcus Garvey, the vessel, the body, ancestors inside me. I'm starting the insurrection. The Pope's blessings upon me couldn't even come me protection. Come for prayers, my question. Why they try to play us? I'm guessing. It's cause I call fundamentals, they might offend you. And when I wore my fatigues, what I got into? On the corner, had power, was a trap of shorty making plays every hour. Yeah. I did it for the glory. Just another nigga from the streets, trying to find himself a little piece of the pie. Now it's a bigger picture than the one that meet the high, so might have to walk away from this life for my survival. I got dreams and visions, it's all getting colossal. Like moving mama to a castle, cause it's a hassle, getting caught up in the devil's lasso. And that's what a wise man once told me. I got a lot of love and respect for my OG. A lot of us turn out the predicate felons, not I. My brethren's addicted to selling, slip the turn to somebody's selling. I wish that somebody would tell us then. Tell us chances were slim when you dancing with sin. It don't start from within. Sway Boomer's back when I was charging them 10. Who would have knew I would rock them events? I rock with my young G's, that's just common sense. Static selector. Static Selector, Joey Badass, Nas, and I forgot the last name, Gary Clark Jr. Shout out to them. That's all uh, Static Selector. I think that was a single that he dropped in 2020, so make sure you check that out. Yeah, sounds some good songs today. Yes, sir. A lot of things bumping the wind. Facts. Yes, sir. Episode 58. Um, we got to decide if we're really doing something this summer. Um, we'll talk about it offline. Mm-hmm. Wings and whiskeys for real. I don't know. We got we got we got to decide. Um, I don't want I don't want to keep telling the people if we're not doing nothing. But, I mean, I'm, um, I'm here. I've confirmed here for the summer now. So now we got we got some time to work. I'll with. be around till August. Well, I might not be. So look at look at us um, look at us leaving life and careers. <laughs> yeah, so we got to we got to figure it out. But we'll let y'all know within the next couple of weeks about that. Um, we love to interact with y'all in person. I think the state's opening up a little bit, so we'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, man, everybody go leave a comment or a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. Um, but but stay safe for the week. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Uh, <laughs>